0: Welcome to Everyday Animism, a weekly podcast exploring all things animism, particularly how animism impacts everyday life. The podcast is hosted by Kelly Harrell, Brandis Schnabel, and Janet Roper. Let's dive in. Hello. Hello. How Welcome. are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you. Good. I'm feeling very productive today, so I'm excited to take a break and chat. What does
1: that feel like?
0: <laughs> hey, Hi, everyone. Hi, Janet. It's
2: How are you guys things?
0: doing? Good, doing well. Good. Feeling productive. I'm glad to be taking a break, sit down, and I, I always love chatting with you too. So.
2: It's invigorating to chat with you too. Mm-hmm. It, it is. really is. I go out feeling like I'm walking on air or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's pretty cool. So, this week um we are going to talk a little bit about um and we're just going to see where it goes cuz even we I don't think we're even sure where it's going to go. But uh we want to kind of talk about concepts of um hierarchy. Um, a, we've talked about clarifying a little bit of uh what agency means and um hierarchy from an animistic perspective versus what hierarchy can look like in other spheres of belief or religion or um, just our culture. Um, And I thought I would let Kelly start by sort of clarifying that idea of uh, our pre-podcast conversation involved a lot of talk about agency. And I think that's one term that... um, outside of this animistic discussion can sometimes be confusing in terms of what we mean. And I think we've talked about it before, but I think it would be great to really try to pare that down into what it means that all things have agency or all things have a soul in terms of looking at animism. If Kelly wants to tackle that. <laughs> 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 um, okay.
1: Well, I think that there are, a lot of conversations to be had around this and and i think it's important to say that you know the way we talk about it together as a group is is one thing the way that we come to it each as individuals is another thing and the way that our podcasts go out into the world and affect other people for how they think and um, arrive at their own conclusions that's kind of the whole point of animism. There's no dogma. There's no, this is how you do it. There's no concrete line that we're all following. And so, right. you know, when we try to define things like soul and consciousness and agency, I think there's um, there, there's sort of a guideline principle with that in that here's your guideline, go with it where it leads you. Ask agency what it says it means to you. Um, So agency, from my perspective, is a consciousness's ability to engage with its surroundings. Like it literally, its ability to have mobility, to have interaction, to have autonomy. And so, you know, my couch doesn't necessarily have the same agency that I do. Or maybe even that my car does, or that my um, my dog does. Mm-hmm. How how do you guys, ladies, approach agency with the relationships you have in your home space?
0: So i I really like that clarification. I think we I think we framed that a little differently early on, and I feel like what you just said um, even helped me to better understand it Um, because I don't always talk about agency, even when I'm talking about animism, and I think you just described it in a way that allows me to think about how, and it does tie into our, you know, impending conversation about hierarchy. There's this, I I think there's this idea that the only beings on the earth that have agency, or, I mean, we're kind of talking about, we're talking about consciousness, And for me, that's more digestible is that that everything has a consciousness, an ability or an awareness um, related to consciousness, but that it doesn't look like mine necessarily. And I think that's the important distinction is that when we talk about animism and you say everything has a soul, you know, people look at a pencil eraser and then look back at you like you have five heads. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that's not you know, when I say I go out and I talk to a tree in my front yard, I'm not necessarily going out and like having an out loud conversation. And what that communication may look like isn't necessarily human talking. Some of it's just engaging in connection. And I think that's a really important clarification of what it means to be animistic is that you're, you have to kind of show up as only one method of being conscious, one option for types of consciousness, types of souls, in existence type of for for me that's what that breaks down into is like I'm here and I do have a consciousness and I have you know human language and I have human connection but that's not the only way to exist and be conscious and connected and have a soul my chair does too and the fact that I don't necessarily how to understand how to have you know, maybe at certain points in my growth process, maybe I don't understand how to engage in that relationship, doesn't mean that there isn't potential for a relationship. Does that make sense? Yes,
2: absolutely. Well, it does to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) For what that's worth. (laughs) It does to me too. And I think agency, um, I look at it as relationship also, and that the relationship that we have animistically with different objects it's going to be different for different people so for instance let's say all three of us have an aloe aloe vera plant okay we're each going to be in a different relationship in a different agency mm-hmm. with that plant but that doesn't um invalidate the relationship that the other two might be having it's different ways to have relationship
0: right and for me something like that might be you know the the interaction might be me watering the plant and right. noting the response. And it doesn't have to be that like I pull out a translator and I'm like, how do I talk aloe? It's like, maybe I just show up as a participant in that aloe's existence. And that can be as simple as I'm watering it. I'm taking note of, is it leaning toward light? Do I need to turn it? Does, am I over watering it? Do I need to back the hell off? You know, what, Um, or I can just sit with it or, you know, I think some people might sit and talk to their plants. There's science that supports, you know, talking to your plants and playing music for them. Um, it, you're right. There, there are, you know, there are infinite number of ways to have that relationship or engage in it.
1: I think for a lot of people, the fact that the aloe is in your environment and you're watering it means there's a dependency on that aloe or on, yeah, that the aloe has on you. And that dependency establishes some sort of hierarchy, which in the human mind, for whatever reason, indicates I'm better than you. And that's where I think a lot of people have a really difficult time having kind of an equalizing relationship or engagement with other beings, whatever that being is. It could be another person, but it could be an eraser.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you put that so well, Kelly. And I wish y'all could have just seen me. I was just grinning ear to ear as you were saying that because it's so true. And I think that's one of the steps that we can all take in learning what agency is, learning what relationship is, is how can I accept from that aloe vera what that aloe vera has for me if that aloe vera has for me. And how do I discern what's going on with that aloe vera? Mm
0: -hmm. And, um, you're right. There's like this huge tendency to associate the hierarchy, all the different hierarchies of existence with worth. And so it can, you know, I I'm thinking of a person who feels, you know, nothing at all about stepping on a bug or like thinking, um, you know, I think we associate some worth with the things that live, have less longevity than us, you know, like an ant lives, what, like, I don't even know how long they live. It's considerably less long than, you know, 80, 90 years. Um, But then all, and it's, it's, it's like, we look at it that way, but then we also don't recognize where there's shit on this planet. That's way older than us. And so like, in every hierarchy, there's gonna be a more than this or less than, less than that. Um, and it's, it seems very unique that humans associate very specific value with that hierarchy. And to me, that is where the hierarchy that we have within our culture doesn't totally jive with an animistic experience of our surroundings and
2: ourselves. And to me, when you said that about there's more to or a less than brandy, what I initially thought of was in our human thoughts about that, more to means better, but it doesn't necessarily mean better. It just means different and fulfilling its role, whatever that role might be.
0: Well, and it depends because more weight doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily better. Less weight can be better. So, you know, it depends (laughs) on the scale. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, But, but we do always like, we'll take the scale and one end of the scale is the better that has the more value that's more important that you should strive for. And the other end is then demonized in a way that doesn't really translate to an animistic experience.
1: I don't know about that. I'm not, and I say that genuinely meaning I don't know because there are again, a lot of different takes on animism and ultimately when we're talking about animism we're talking about some old white guys who watched some other cultures and studied some rocks and said poof animism but that's what we'll call this (laughs) right i mean ultimately that's that's the discussion that we're building on Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: and so i don't know that that is exactly the way that it works because like i know in some Um, older Scottish and Irish traditions, they had a perspective, a very animistic perspective. I'm talking pre, you know, religion, pre-Christianizing of the people of certain spirits that are there to do harm. And I mean, and and we can talk about that in a whole other, you know, Mm -hmm. vein, but it, it begs the question, like, where does our notion of hierarchy really come from? Like, is is it a value system that we're applying? Is there an experience of um, something needing to survive just as much as
0: we do that we judge? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Well, and when you're talking about cultures that have, they do have, you know, entities that they acknowledge are here to do harm, it's it feels like i hear less of and that's evil and must be eradicated rather than brought into balance yeah like, oh yeah so so the, i i think the cuz i do think there's that spectrum of like what serves us and is um productive and nourishes versus what takes away and what destroys and what harms but that's kind of a di- for me that's a different scale than saying good versus evil because Mm -hmm. i mean who are we to say in a very neutral not you know humans being the sole focus of the universe who are we to say what should be destroyed versus nurtured versus harmed and and all of that
2: kelly i I got goosebumps when you said um that that one thing or that one person needs to survive just as much as we do Literally, I got goosebumps when you said that. To me, that just turns the whole conversation. Mm -hmm. It focuses in on the conversation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So where do deities situate in hierarchy and animism?
0: Dun, dun, dun. I know, right? (laughs) Um, For me, this is where I found my way to, for me, this is, the thing that made animism, the thing that I, I circled through so many things and then this is the thing that made animism feel like home is that I feel like everything can be a teacher and everything can be a source of wisdom. And I mean, that includes the archetypes that we've created and or I mean, whether they existed before us and created us or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, all of it teaches nourishes instructs i don't like all of it has the potential to harm versus nurture versus you know whatever um and i feel like that's the for me a big difference between where you look at a pretty common religious structure of where there is like a hell or a satanic or a you know like good and evil
1: yeah
0: of like and but then You know, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, like I was thinking about that in terms of, you know, when you place a hierarchy on that of like, here's God up here at the top and then here's us somewhere in the middle having to choose the top or the bottom and at the bottom is hell and Satan or, or whatever the, you know, the negative consequences. But if you take all of those entities into a different scale of like, say, all of these beings and the power that they have satan and god are you know questionably equal Mm -hmm. in power so then in this other hierarchy it looks very different and then also aren't we quite powerful in that we have the agency like we have the choice between the two so in another scale you know could we possibly at the, be at the top of that hierarchy, having not yet chosen either of those paths? Yeah, we just don't in have the fan them. base.
1: We don't have the fan base that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for real, right? There's something. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, like it starts out as this unverified personal gnosis. This one person mm-hmm. out in the field has this profound spiritual experience. And then he starts talking with people in different fields, literally different pastures, different regions. And they're like, oh, my God, I saw that, too. And it becomes this group thought system that that multiple people are subscribing to. And as they get together and have their peer support around this, they form myth. I mean, that, yes. that that's how it happens. I, I wish mm-hmm. I made that up, but that's how it happens. And so i mean from an, from an animistic support you know what what gets the momentum is what sustains and from mm-hmm. a shamanistic perspective that is a system that mm-hmm. is a you know it becomes its own being i like to say the word golem but that's been you know it's been traumatized for life now in the mm-hmm. in mainstream language but it is sort of this it becomes this amalgam of group thought and belief mm-hmm all these people are projecting their thoughts and their feelings and their experiences,
0: mm-hmm.
1: this, you know, life force or whatever you want to call yeah. it to until it actually becomes its own distinct thing. Thought creates yeah. reality. Passion creates reality. And I think deity falls into that structure. I mean, animism right. existed first this again fact not making that up it's not a t-shirt it really did work that way deities are part of animism in that they came from it Mm -hmm. and how you like which fan club you sign up for
2: whole different conversation but then what happens if you're in the next field over to that guy and you go you know you had that experience but i didn't have that experience Mm -hmm. what are you talking about
1: and that's where it all started
0: Yeah. yeah well and it's it's um it's interesting because when you look so when we look at how you know people who subscribe to certain types of religion um the ultimate power in all of that scenario is is the god plural or singular or whatever it's that and there isn't really an understanding of like the religion itself being a being um, that that's been created of these experiences. And then ultimately that we at one, well, I suppose this is actually blasphemy. If you were a subscriber to said religion, we created that God. We created that, that whole, the whole understanding of it, the language around it, the name, the like, and so it's, It's interesting to me, and it's the most one of the most problematic things for me about, you know, having considered stepping into religion in the past is that there's this idea that we are at the bottom of the power totem pole, and yet we have all this responsibility to be like the gods that we ultimately created. I don't know that is all on
1: itself no that you make as much sense as that process makes i mean you're you're saying it exactly right it's not Mm -hmm.
0: dare i say logical Mm -hmm. and there's just um you know when i stepped into a more animistic viewpoint of it i found myself in a place of power that allowed, the personal power that also allowed me to allow everything else around me to have power as well. And there's so much more ability to touch my higher power if it's all around me than when I other God, which is kind of what is happening. We're we're othering deities. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So can
1: hierarchy exist without that othering? does it exist? And we just missed Mm -hmm. the memo.
0: I think it, for, from my perspective, it comes into where we end up attributing the hierarchy to um, value or worth. That's because there you could look at a relationship between a group of something and create a hierarchy. This is the smallest one. This is the largest one. These are all the ones that are smaller, larger than each other. You can, create a hierarchy of this person has this much of this and this person has less. Um, I mean, you, there's a, you know, things that are more vivid than other things there. I mean, there's a million ways to create scales. I think the problem is where it comes into whether there's value in the things at the bottom or the top and that we attribute the bottom or the top to be better than, or less than, better than or worse than not not less than better than or worse than and then inherently attribute permission to harm things that are less considered worse than to deify and Mm -hmm. worship things that are better than like i feel like that's where we get in trouble is like you're lower in this this arbitrary hierarchy that i chose to look at you with when there are millions of them And I think you are worse or better than me, but more worth more, your life is worth more, your essence is more worth emulating, or you're worse than me or you're evil. And like, I have permission to hurt you or harm you or oppress you.
2: And I think that's one of the frightening things that there can be about animism is that it invites us to leave that hierarchy. And to look at the world for what it is, or that object, or that um, sentient being for what it is, mm-hmm. instead of looking at it through the perspective, the human perspective of hierarchy. Yeah. And I think that can be frightening for people to not have those rules, those regulations. This is the way I'm supposed to look at an ant. This is the way that I'm supposed to work mm-hmm. at the look at the aloe vera plant.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it can be really grounding. Also, I mean, that, for me, the animism is a full package of being able to look around and see that network of um, consciousness and connection. But at the same time, my ability to see that doesn't change the very human constructs that are created that force a different kind of hierarchy that would mess with my mm-hmm. ability to participate in the network. Right. as in bypass as in to say oh well the the um the constraints are an illusion that kind mm-hmm. of thinking you you can see the whole network you can tap into the whole mm-hmm. consciousness and still have your feet very much on the ground for what's happening and what the lived experience of that consciousness is
0: yeah And so, so my question uh, that I, I want to ask before we close this up is, can you engage in an animistic experience and step into a faith where there is a God, Um, you know, can you be Christian and be animist? What do you, you know, what do you think? I know what I think about that, but I want to kind of throw that out to the three of us.
1: I think Christianity has a lot of flavors and, and Mm -hmm. one that is predominant right now is not necessarily representative of how everybody defines christians so that that might there might be some play in that Mm -hmm. um i think it's possible but i think it depends Mm -hmm. on how you're defining christianity
0: right and when i'm not thinking i guess it's not so much just the the christianity part of it that's just the most prominent religion here i'm not i'm not trying to bully uh christianity but I guess, is there capacity to engage in an animistic relationship as a part of your existence and also engage in a religiously based relationship with with a god or gods?
1: I think as long as that religion allows you direct relationship with that god, mm-hmm. then you can.
2: Yeah. I would have to say for me personally, giving my upbringing and my understanding of the question, that the answer would be no. To me, it's an either or, which that in itself talks about how I'm not in an animistic relationship with it.
0: Mm -hmm. Or just, you know, your experience too. I mean, I think, I do think it really depends on how you define your faith. And I know that's a, well, I guess it's up for debate, whether that's really a personal thing, depending on who you are and how you're looking at it. But from my vantage point, that's a personal thing. And if there's, I think there could be room, I guess. Um, But I think there really are some big questions around this type of thing. Of like, are you, can you find a way to have a relationship with God or with whatever deity, with whatever archetype, you know, if you, if God is not your thing, but there are these huge archetypes that are also entities unto themselves that can be worked with or guides or, you know, whatever. Um, there is this, I think, for all of us, this journey of, like, how do we step out of this disempowered view of that hierarchy and step into, like, where we are quite powerful within that scale, within that cosmology, you know, whatever it is, we're quite powerful within that as well, and can we stand in our power and also acknowledge the power of other beings and their lessons for us? While also watering our aloe plant and talking to it.
2: So it's like all of the above then, huh, Brandy?
0: Sure. Why not? I don't even I don't even
2: know what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking my brain is getting a little bit broken here.
0: <laughs> well, and we're right around like twenty-five minutes, so um we're in a good we're in a good stopping place. So does anybody have a, a closing thought or some way we might Provide provide some simpler concept to end the end this with. (laughs) Nope, (laughs) silence. I've got nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I've got nothing. This episode is just gonna break your brain. Sorry about that.
2: I Um, would say it's go out and experience. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) I I would say look at the I would you know my takeaway in sort of the conversation before and during recording is that I am really sitting with how many different ways you can look at hierarchy and that I be care that I personally would like to be careful about what I associate in terms of meaning and how important it is to not allow that to give me permission to put someone someone or something above me or below me so uh, for me, hierarchy is not a way to step on something, permission to step on something, or to um, give something else permission to step on me. That's kind of my takeaway right now. Like to be that. continued.
2: I like that. I'll take that. Thank yeah, you. thanks, Brandy. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Well, thank you. This was a this was a good one. It's a good one. It's always always wonderful talk to mm-hmm. talk to you.
2: Thank you. You too. Have a great week and
0: we will talk to you next week.
2: Take good care. Bye-bye. Bye Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening this week. If you'd like more information on Kelly, Brandis, or Janet, or to listen to past episodes of our podcast, get some more information on our resource page, you can find all of those tidbits at everydayanimism.tumblr.com. See you next week.